Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. Guys, we got coffee. We got a phone. We're sitting in the car. Also, also, guys, you should know because unless we tell you, you wouldn't know. We've been really diligent to record podcasts the last two weeks. Yeah. The problem was they were both it was real like, bad. It was like the time that I recently, <laughs> as a pretty experienced baker, no less, made bread with dead yeast. And I noticed that it didn't look like it was going anywhere. Wow. But I still put it in the oven. It was just... I've never had actually had dead yeast. And I've always... Everyone, every recipe makes a to do about... I know. I've also know, always thought the same thing. I don't struggle with this. But I think it got whatever the case I had reason to wonder and then it didn't seem super lively and it definitely was out of gas before I put it in the (laughs) oven because when I put it in the oven it just sort of didn't do anything but my point is that's basically how Becca and I made podcasts is we made we made two podcasts that weren't fit to be seen. No, so. they were bad. And but that just them, goes to say that we didn't forget about no, you. No, we didn't. We struggled on in the first one. I was trying to talk to Rachel about something, and she was trying to talk to it me was, back about it something else. It was a thousand percent the moment in <laughs> Pride and Prejudice where she's saying, "Kitty, my love, come <laughs> do something." She's going, "Why are, are you, you winking at me, Mama?" That <laughs> <laughs> I was like. What are you trying to talk about, Becca? I don't know why you're... Becca's and trying like, to delicately broach a subject. Well, you can't say, like, Rachel, you know. You know. The thing that Schwartz put on Facebook that was so dumb, that thing. <laughs> well, as it turns out, we canceled. We have our yeah. new podcast yeah. routine of cancel culture. We record it. We delete it. We never send it out to you all. But, but you'll be today. happy to know that we have recorded them. So, yeah, because it just means we thought of you. Yeah. We thought of you. It wasn't really nice. No. I mean, we just didn't do a good job, but no, we thought of you. They were bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and then, since we got together, though, last, I went to the um, G3 conference. Yeah, and did. That's right. we've had other things happening. But, we, um, but it has gotten my... I would say I feel like my brain has been fizzing ever since... About it because something that's so interesting always about getting out with other believers is that all of a sudden you get a very different perspective on other circles than your own. You know, you only if you only run in your own circles, sometimes you fail to catch what other people are actually dealing with Mm -hmm. or where they act, you know, what kinds of Mm -hmm. um, places they are. But it may what really stood out to me. And it was so fun to meet a number of you podcast listeners there. Anyways, that was fun. But it, what stood out to me that was really interesting is a theme that you and I talk about all the time, which is the, the domestic not being less than the... Corporate? Or... The domestic... No, I'm saying that this was... I think... I mean, and this is a vast generalization this kind of a conference you're dealing with a lot of people who know their bibles and know their arguments and know what they believe sure so they're very strong on their positions okay what they believe but that it's what just has been striking me lately and not just there but just in the world at large is even in the christian world where you have all these people who are um standing strong for complementarianism and not, you know, like they're mm-hmm. trying to put a stake yeah. in the ground and good solid biblical ground, 
but that even even there they're not willing to look domesticity in the face well, as a actual legitimate thing to spend your time and okay, energy pursuing. But here's what I was talking to Ben about the other day. Um, I was saying it is very funny. Maybe this came out of talking to you. I don't remember. Or maybe I said it to you. Who knows? But I'm quoting myself. Maybe we already day. podcasted about might this have, once. <laughs> I might have been repeating myself too much. But um, it's one thing to say older women should teach the younger women to etc etc now there's two ways of going about that one is to teach the younger women to be domestic and the other one is to teach the younger women that the older women are are supposed to teach teach the younger women that they're supposed to be domestic it's like the russian dolls of argumentation where it's nary a recipe no there's no (laughs) recipes but there's a lot of greek word studies Mm -hmm. and the thing is there's a there's totally a place for that but no, because no, there's not a place for that. There's a place for Greek word studies. There's no place for women's women doing the Greek word study and not coming out the other end with a practical application. Yeah. yeah. And I kept thinking about Titus but 2. The thing is, is I, I understand the dilemma because we live in a moment that disparages the whole thing. So there's a lot of effort being put into intellectual defenses of older women teaching younger women to be domestic. But at the end of the day, what good is it unless some people come out of it being domestic mm-hmm. rather than what being, have you really done here have rather you... than being experts in the field of knowing that people should be domestic right but I what I think struck me so much and um, was interesting and like is the fact that we still and I and I think this is not I just want to be clear I'm not only talking about at the conference I went to I'm talking about no, in because evangelical Christendom yeah. not I'm this not, isn't a thinly I'm not trying to hashtag this with <laughs> all you who I just met that's not what I'm doing but it was just this topic got me thinking a lot and it got it you know it was like this was just a thing that was coming up repeatedly for me lately and that is that we we think things like Yay, Titus Mm 2. But not so much that we think, so where are the, like I want to say, like we would not say godliness can be seen sometimes of someone's notes in the margins of their cookbook. Do you know what I mean? Like we would. You got too many negatives going there, and so now you're going to have to restate. Keep up with me. I'm being really sharp right now. When you say we and they, yeah, and then double negatives. Who are the we? Who are the they? Here's what I'm saying. Listen to Titus two. This part. Let me find it first, because I'm not looking for the part about bond servants. (laughs) Um. Okay. Let's see. The older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. I want to put a bookmark on that and come back to that. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. That part that just says teachers of good things, that Paul goes on to say loving their husbands, loving their children, as though I think he's sort of filling out what are the good good things. things. Sure. But... But so many Christians think the good things are like the attributes of God. Oh, sure. And that that this is a total postscript that also you should love your... Like, that they are honing in on this. Well, the thing I was saying about your cookbook is sort of like 
based off of this, a really diligently faithful woman doing what she's told to do here, who's teaching the younger women and, and working on all of these things, what she's actually doing would not look like. Greek it would not studies. look like a Greek word study. It would look like a lot of notes in the margins of your recipe, of your cookbook, and your, like, very practical... And hopefully your Bible as well, but... You all know where I stand <laughs> on the fact that you should read your Bibles. So yeah, I feel like I... But, but to not see there being a disconnect between reading your Bible and then going out and making the not, food. And not thinking that you're doing a lesser spiritual task now, when you turn from from reading the Bible to living like a Christian woman who's loving her home and her children and her husband. Although, I do think that people would immediately jump to the Mary Martha question, which is like... Mary chose the better part, right? Which is sitting at the feet right. of Jesus but I thought we, and listening well, to his teaching. I think I've always thought that that was because Martha was choosing to have a toot about Mary. <laughs> Not that Martha was no. doing the wrong thing uh, that she, well, she seems like she was having a hospitality she's crisis. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, right? she's like, ah, but, look at that Mary just sitting there. Right, but Jesus yeah. does say, she chose, chose the better, the better part, part. Yeah. you know like if Christ is there you should be listening up <laughs> and so I don't know I it I'm just saying it is understandable that people would think now don't go getting too caught oh, up yeah, yeah. in your house I know but I think it's interesting because so this just this kind of thing comes up because it's in screw tape letters right where he talks about the trick is to get everyone to be breaking out the fire extinguishers in a flood. Yes. And I think right now in the world of teaching women things. Yeah. The flood is feminism and just total despisal for your home and home duties and children. Right. And it's the Christians who are getting out the fire extinguishers to assure us all that we should be studying theology and we should not be, right? Like, that they are, the, but what nobody seems to be doing is saying, let's well, just think, get into this, though. I think here's the deal, is that, of course, we should study theology. Of course, women should know what they believe. But theology is no good to anyone ever unless it then translates down to how they behave and how they live and how they obey. Right. So and that's true and for that's, the men and the women both is that the theology by itself means nothing. does nothing. And so it has to then come out your fingertips. If you have excellent theology and you're not living it, then it's like here's a battery that's great except for that it's dead. Well, this is like, all the parts are in place. But without the obedience and without the action, yeah. it's not living because that's how we know. It, like, so when we were in Oxford, um, Ben had, well, there was just a number of funny things, but you see these outrageous, it looks to me like such a contradiction that I don't understand how somebody maintains that. So there was a, um, a professor who was, is he's basically like the leading world's foremost scholar on like the martyrs during the reformation and the doctrine and mm -hmm. everything else but he he's not a believer and he's a homosexual and not but he's he knows it all of, I mean like his whole life is given to studying this and you're like I wonder why that's very odd that you would choose to 
spend all your time mm-hmm. reading and writing about this subject that you don't believe in. Or there were, um, when Ben was studying Hebrew, there were all of these Jewish scholars um, who, for instance, would get very... Um, very skittish about using the name of God and that kind of yeah. a thing. All of them kept kosher. All of them, you know, wearing the yarmulkes and doing everything exactly right. Not a one of them believed in God. Like yeah. all of them are completely secular, except for they God's, keep all of this uh, and, uh, because it's a it's a sort of a cultural, you know, but it don't means you think something that to them culturally. That's one of the things that where we've gotten really naive is in thinking that there is no motivation for religious. The, the trappings of religion that is not a heart that's right with God because that's what happens in Christian circles is that we often think the trappings of religion are in fact evidence instead of it being a, a right. different kind of fruit. But I'm just saying it's completely possible to live this, this kind of strangely schizophrenic life where what you what you spend all your intellectual time doing has nothing to do with how you're actually living and I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of people who could who could spend all their time learning theology writing theology talking theology and yet live completely disobedient lives and and uh that's and consequently have real bad theology because (laughs) but not always proper no I'm saying proper theology except for the part where you're not doing it well, that's, that's what Jesus I meant. said, do as, you know, do as they say, not as they do. Kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. Thing. Exactly. Because there are people who have all of their T's crossed and all of their I's dotted, and yet they're not actually yeah. out there obeying. And, and so interestingly, the is, like, there are course, also people who have wackadoodle theology and are nonetheless full of the joy of the Lord and really pursuing him. And I think it just sometimes that kind of thing is so good for us to see that but God I just is mean, much like, bigger than us, you know? Of course women should learn theology. Of course all Christians should know what they believe. But it's not enough to stop there. It actually then needs to come out in your, Expressions. Your days. And that, one of the things that I love is how absolutely huge this, this is. This command in Titus 2 is so huge, but very inspecific. Mm-hmm. He's I love not, that. He's not telling us exactly how to do it. No. He's not... I'm just imagine if the word of God was like, I would like the women, you know, to be sober-minded, diligent, decorating in the shabby, chic style. I know. Vacuuming (laughs) on this schedule. They're going to need to wash the dishes with this kind of a sponge, and they're going to have to... I mean, think of it. And and the thing that's funny is that you were talking about the Jewish faith and there there you have the kinds of things where they have through the years developed an incredible litany of things <laughs> you have to do that are very specific. Yeah, and I just I don't know. I think of course it's like starting baseline we should know that the Bible does say older women you should teach younger women to do this. But then are we going to obey it or are we not? Are we just going to sit around mm-hmm. talking about that? And so I feel like that's the, that's the transition to domesticity where lots of people are hesitant to go there because that seems like it could get a little legalistic, a little embarrassing, right. a little bit not what our culture admires right now. No, and it, and it, feels, and it feels clumsy 
to be like, let's talk about what are we going to talk about now? Brownies. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about, like, I mean, yeah. it can feel awkward, but at the same time, it's so important that we'd be willing to just throw ourselves into what God has clearly spelled out that we should be doing. I'd just like to say that I'm hardly an academic. I'm so just don't <laughs> think I'm trying to break the toaster boasting on that one. But <laughs> as someone who was well educated, I just like to say that there is no there is no academic challenge quite like the literal challenge of trying to run a home and trying to keep your children fed and cleaned mm-hmm. and organized mm-hmm. and there's a reason out. they refer to the it's... ivory tower <laughs> <laughs> nobody's ever referred to homemaking as the ivory tower <laughs> i think it just feels like it is not a intellectually vacant task Mm-mm. to do it i think it could you be you could make it that you way you could make it that way if you really wanted if you purposed in your heart to make it that way but i know a lot of very intelligent well-educated women who feel fully challenged by the work that they're doing at home and not in a um poor me i have to keep repeating my duties way more like this is a very challenging role it just is a challenging role you can make it challenging or you can make it not challenging and i think that that's i actually think that's not true actually you can you can either try to rise to the challenge or try to sink below the challenge (laughs) well sure but i just mean it's like you could go to the gym and you could go ahead and I don't know. <laughs> pretend to do crunches and you could cheat on your push-ups. Take and a nap could, at the gym. You could turn the treadmill all the way down. And, like, it. at the end of the day, it really... You're the one that decides whether you're going to push yourself or whether you're going to just kind of put right. out off on the But I think it's like, like Chester didn't have that great in Brave New Family, right? Yeah, would be in Brave New Family, where he just talks about the woman's role of introducing children to the entire world like to uh-huh. everything like that it's not the smallness of the job that is overwhelming it's the it's the bigness mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and that when people you know flounder and die over this being such a it seems to me like when people don't want to do it anymore or when they want to make light of it they never are doing it because it's so challenging I can't rise to the challenge it's because they want it to be like it's not rewarding it's miserable Mm -hmm. it's maybe they would say it's hard but they would not say it's like not like a challenge that's in any way prestigious but you know what it is I think it's maybe I don't know maybe I'm just being weird but it seems like the difference between whether you approach it as a calling or as a job because if you went and got a job at I don't know Hardy's restaurant. Um, <laughs> 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 I don't know that was Do we have to tell them why that tickled us so much? 
I just had a huge flashback. <laughs> I remember this is now inexplicable that we went off the rails about Hardee's. That's amazing. Oh, Woo. Well, just and all I can say is I've just remembered what Becca wore to her <laughs> job interview. <laughs> subconscious because I never worked at Hardee's. <laughs> but when I was like 15 everyone was trying to get a job at Hardee's. You wore, you wore that sailor dress. <laughs> the drop-waisted sailor dress that I wore, it that I wore at a much tubbier and less flattering <laughs> angle later. <laughs> For like the world's, the world's worst family picture where I <laughs> Wow. Woo, guys. We just brought on by Hardee's. <laughs> oh, wow. Also, in other like bits of trivia, we haven't had a Hardee's in Moscow for, I don't know. I don't think I've ever eaten at a Hardee's. No, neither have I. And I didn't remember. Literally, my only knowledge it came out was Becca's outfit she wore to a job interview. <laughs> well, also, also, uh, what well. I'm going to mention here is that I think the reason that that random thing came to mind is I was going to say if you decided to get a job and then you decided you didn't want that job because that's what I did with Hardee's when I was 15 or 14 I don't I think I must have been 15 because there was a big rumor going around that you didn't have to be 16 to get a job at Hardee's it was everybody's big chance oh, to get in on the Hardee's anyway, whatever, whatever the scene is at Hardee's now um <laughs> If you are thinking, maybe I'll take that job, maybe I'll quit that job, maybe I started that job and it was no fun, so I think I'll quit. Yeah, totally. That's, that's how you can approach a job. I mean, it's a free country, and if you don't like Hardee's, then quit. <laughs> don't work at Hardee's. <laughs> As we don't. As we once considered, but we decided Becca against. took it into consideration once. <laughs> Whilst wearing a sailor dress. <laughs> With a drop waist and pleats and after that. Polka dots, right? Oh, that dress anyway, is probably coming right back in. Probably. Yeah. I think it would flatter me greatly if I was to wear it now. But, um, <laughs> but the point is, is if you have oh, a calling, a calling is very different, right? Yeah, yes. And I think being a wife and a mother is not a job that you can just say, actually, in the end, I find that I don't like this. Yeah. It's different. It, it actually is a calling, and you have to treat it differently. And I would say that being a Christian... The, you know, the benefits of this job are not what I hope they would Christian be. Being a Christian mother is a calling, whether or not you're staying at home or if you're working somewhere else. You may have a, you may have additional jobs on top of your yeah, calling. Yeah, yeah, No, but... Which is part of the... Which is part yes. of the confusion, because... We don't think that that necessarily has to interfere no, with your not. calling. No, but I just mean, I mean motherhood. It could, but it doesn't. Have you to. being a, a mother and a wife, regardless of if you have a paycheck elsewhere, 
if you're a wife and a mother, you can't treat that as a job that you discovered you didn't care for very right. much, so you're just going to sign off. I'd rather farm it out to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, that's not on the table. And I think that if you approach it that way, as if it's a job, and you're assessing everything right. from, like, I don't like the paycheck, I don't like oh, yeah. the benefits. The benefits I, are not great. The boss isn't nice. Um, Whatever he's it is. He's four, and that's my fault <laughs> that he's not nice. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not talking about Moses. Moses is very nice, but I realize he's also four, and I was not saying. I just mean, frequently that is the thing, yeah. is these... Ungrateful yeah. dorks that yeah, do exactly. these terrible things to yeah. me all the time, and you're—it's like never, yeah. That doesn't reflect poorly on you at all. <laughs> that the people around you are such turkeys. <laughs> That's always been a kind of a novelty to me when you see a mom out with her kids who are behaving really badly, right? And she's putting on a great show for everyone else to like feel sorry for her. For people to look at her and be like, "Man, you have terrible luck." But you're like, actually, <laughs> dear woman who I saw just the other day yelling at your children that they're grounded in goodwill. Oh, it's no. not the kids that look bad right now. Like, Mm-mm. And their idea Mm-mm. of like everybody else will gather around and notice my poor cross I have to bear. Yeah. It's like, ooh. Well, mm. I think whenever you're pity mongering for yourself... It never... Pity mongering is, a, is the worst kind of mongering. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> but how often do we do it and how unwinsome is it always? I just, it's just... never It never gets what you wanted anyways. That's well, the thing that's funny. I don't think that's true though. There are some people who love to go around and bestow their pity on people who clearly are pity mongers. But, that's you true. know, I, I don't do... know. I don't understand that particular personality trait because I don't have it if somebody's making a great to-do about their injury that's not that bad I have a very hard time rushing to their aid and sympathy because because yeah. I just it's that, that it all came back to me I was like didn't we talk about this on the podcast before no it's yep, one of that the ones, was one we, of the deleted. ones we deleted <laughs> I was like I have this vague feeling that we're about to go off the rails on this discussion I know. Yeah, it's true. We're waving at Moses. He's being very cute through the window. Peeking. He's being really cute. Peeking Uh, There's another thing, Rach, that we were going to do here, and we were going to do it on the last two podcasts that we deleted. Oh, yeah. But everyone, you... Well, this is what happens every year. We, we have... want to invite you. Becca's worried we're going to get the the intelligence wrong on this, right? No. Well, what I'm I'll saying is up. every year we start talking about Grace Agenda on the podcast while it's happening. And we say, oh, everyone, oh, yeah, we're guys, having Grace Agenda right come. now. You should have yeah. come. But this is us telling you in advance that you should totally come to Grace Agenda, which yes. is here in Moscow. End of April. I want to say the She's 26th. looking it up I'm looking so it that up. we can get the real Okay, here details. we go. The theme of the whole conference is the School of Practical Christianity. It's April 24th and 25th here in Moscow. And so you should know that we... Uh, Grace Agenda itself is a free conference. Mm-hmm. It is, um, we just would, so you don't have to register for the conference. You just have to find yourself a way to get to Idaho for it. And we have a women's pre-conference, which happens It'll on be Friday. Friday morning. Yep. And then the main conference is, and there's usually a pastor's 
there's a men's pastors pre-conference. So the women's conference and the men's and the pastors pre-conference. So yeah. we'll be speaking no, at you don't the have Friday to be a pastor morning. to go to that. It's just the theme is I never really I check on what so. they're doing over there at that. No, one. but the theme I think is I think it's just more geared towards pastors. But whatever. That'll be Friday morning that we're that we do it. And at some point during the program. I think it will be after the women's conference before the evening stuff happens. We were we're actually going to have some kind of a what have you shindig at Meet my house. You can Rachel's come to house. my house. You can take a selfie with her <coughs> sink. You can, uh, yeah. You if <laughs> if you should so desire, if you, you can get in her sink. If your heart speaks to you, and you you know you're probably all going to come be like, this is not big. Yeah, just a little sink. Like you've imagined something oh, like a swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. It's really but, not. But we, we're going to do that. The Bible Read Challenge always hosts a... Always being Once. now our second year this time. <laughs> always now from here on out. Um, a, a like meet and greet and in-person get to uh, visit. Psalm sing fun stuff going on then. And if you're part of the Bible Reading Challenge, the moderators and families and people love to do a, um, we will do like a Sabbath dinner in the homes, in different homes with people. So if you're here, you can sign up for that through, if you're on the Facebook page of the Bible Reading Challenge, right. it will be there. And then it's also, same weekend is a prospective student weekend for NSA. So if you yeah. have like high school kids or whatever that want to check it out. Um, they can sit in on classes. If you just want to check out these and, strange people in Idaho. And Moscow's fun in April, right? Isn't it? Usually maybe it'll yeah. blizzard at I mean, us, it's, actually. It's possible but, that it won't be fun, but we'll do our best to try to pull it the out. The weather might be making it us... It can be incredibly yeah. beautiful. Or, or it might. might. It's, still, it's still April. It so, might be testy. But, but then also, um, so there's an NSA Prospective Student Weekend. Can Impress usually has like an evening They do an open thing. house thing and then there will probably be something at Logos. There's a lot of like see the community see, meet the community see like it. that is just a really fun way to come and fellowship with saints from all over and especially we've really enjoyed the like get to meet people in person um, Yeah, to, that's been great and it's always a really fun time and we're telling you several months in advance guys yeah so, so rather than it being like oh last week was grace agenda next year you should remember that right and if you uh register for it you can i guess if you're on the facebook page keep an eye on the bible reading challenge facebook page if you're in the bible reading challenge there will be some specific to grace agenda invitations there but otherwise if you when you register you can get information from the church office about places to stay and things that are available um for people in who town. are yeah in town and then coming. we'll as we get closer to it and we know what we're gonna do for the what have you thing at Rachel's house we will we'll give you it. we'll slowly leak the hints about what we're gonna do and then probably at the last minute when we're actually doing it we'll just do something completely different yeah we'll that's like, that's my guess Becca can you get maple bars <laughs> I'll be like no <laughs> I'm gonna buy pinwheels. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're gonna get our best you have to know in advance that there's no way it's gonna be our most shining hospitality no, because ever because grace agenda is a wild time it's very wild but we will be delighted to have you all here and meet you in person yeah and it is it is funny though because it's a great weekend for everybody to come because there's so much going on and it's all like organized so that there are things to do but it does it does mean that trying to like have anyone over to my house is probably not you're gonna have somebody to your house but I just mean it's like you're you're trying to prep talks you're trying to be everywhere you're trying to go to all the things it's not the most calm moment to no but we love to do it and we love Moscow so we love sharing it with other people Moscow's worth visiting guys you should definitely come and if you didn't have a reason to come to Idaho Never. This is your big chance. You kind of do have to mean to come to Idaho because you don't. It's not, you don't pass through like on your way on somewhere your way else <laughs> to no. anything ever. But no. Idaho is a beautiful state and well worth visiting. So it is. It is. yeah. It's so Becca, gorgeous. do you have any There's tips? There's the big plug that we gave, and so far. I don't think we've done anything on this podcast that makes me feel like we're going to have to delete it in the future. So. Well, you haven't heard my tip. No, I have not. I don't have it. I have one because I keep being like, I keep hold that thought. Yeah, I keep being like, oh, there's my big tip, but I don't. I can't remember it right now. Oh, it's in the kitchen. It's a kitchen tip. Okay. Specifically, a kitchen tip. What would it be, Becca? What would my Uh, kitchen tip be? You just showed me your basket of measuring cups. Yeah, that's not. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to take that out on the tip street. <laughs> I have a really hot tip. This was so... This is not a tip, everyone. I'm being facetious. Uh, this last weekend was Logos's auction, their big fundraising auction. And this is a little bit novel because um, Belle, my daughter, was asked to do the decorations. So she was running that show and I helped, but I would, I was just helping her with what she needed help with. It was sort of like, you know, her vision, her stuff. And then, uh, she got hero, my other daughter to do the the flowers. And so same thing, like they just ordered all the flowers. I was no part of that. And then hero's trying to, um, do like 30 arrangements on the day, which were really cute, I must say, but I'm a terrible florist terrible so I'm trying to help her assembly line these things and I'm like hero what do you want me to do with this like like show me how long you want the stems because I will make bad decisions if you leave it to me so (laughs) so anyway I'm trying to like do the like basic this is how many roses in each one this is how many of the other you know like I'm trying to get it there for her and then she would take them as I finished that and she's putting the finishing touches on them but there was um these little the theme was black and white and so she was looking for flowers that would work with that and there's uh are they called billy balls billy Maybe. billy balls i think and they the come that you in told black. me that they looked like a pellet yeah they're like yeah. they're like little like, round no no i said is that a like pom- a- you said it's a pom-pom and i said a mum she said no like a pellet <laughs> <laughs> it is like a pellet it's like a little kind of almost it's like hard. a seed pod anyway, kind of a well, thing well yeah. but it's kind of like a chive no, yeah. sort of like a chive. But anyway, they have these really long stems, and they do come in black, but they weren't available in black. So the lady that was helping the girls do the ordering said, well, you can just 
paint them when they come. So guess who had that job? It was me painting all the billy balls. And so I'm like, this is bad because you don't want to paint the stem. You just want to get yeah. the... And and they were told just spray paint. So that's what I had was black spray paint and these flowers with these really long stems. So I'm trying to figure it out. Like There is a floral spray how... paint, but that is not what you would use on... Something like that. It wouldn't have to be. Yeah, it so, wouldn't have to be. Because it was hard. It wasn't yeah. like petals yeah, yeah, that yeah. would crumple up. So <clears throat> I'm, I am a pioneering new so method. So this is Vegas tip. On Saturday. I realized I was pioneering still it. still on the tips. Yeah. yeah. No, well, this isn't yeah. a tip. Look at how early we are. It's not time for tips anyway. But I, I had this random really wow. tall. Yeah, see? Yeah. I had this random really tall box that a roll of paper had been shipped in for the yeah, decoration. Yeah, that was definitely the best so, idea. So. I then taped uh, paper across the top of it, poked holes all over it with a skewer, dropped all of this these seems in. like a familiar move to me, so I wonder when yeah. that... I'm like, oh yeah, obviously uh-huh. this is the choice. Uh-huh. And why. so then you just have all the blossoms sticking out the top, and then spray paint those, and then you can fish them all back out again. I tried it first with saran wrap, and that was a terrible move, because... <laughs> Because the saran wrap tears, then yeah. the paint runs no, down in yeah, the holes, no, then the paint makes the saran wrap like curl up and, and it pulls and do weirdly. strange things. Yeah. No, paper, idea. paper, guys, and poke holes with the skewer. Drop your blooms through. There you go. Paint the tops. Do that repeatedly over and over and over and over and over for way too many blossoms. It was. I think it was. I don't know, 300 or so that I painted. Yeah, good yeah. job you. Yeah, that's why my hands are still black around the edges because <laughs> it was like... We, um... Oh, it was a thing. Like, man, every time I'm in my uh, kitchen, I'm I'm like, remember, Rachel. Remember good the tip. tip. Good tip. Don't... Do you want me to start listing things like kitchen soap? No. Is no, it? It, won't, it won't help no, me with that. I just mm. keep thinking that truly. You know what I, I think I told idea. everyone a few weeks back, but we deleted it, is that we have one cupboard now in my oh, right. in my kitchen and it caused me to overreact and make labels for everything that we're in that's inside. <laughs> It's what, it's what happened. I don't think you told me that you'd made labels. But oh, I should have the known. labels. They're Wait, everywhere. that was something that we told about. Becca had a satire of her own life dream. <laughs> and she and she was fool enough to tell me the yeah, satire yeah. of her own life. Wherein she had when a you crisis. you say a dream, it, it was a genuine dream. Like She was asleep. It wasn't and she a dreamed, hope and a She dreamed a caricature a of herself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wherein she was throwing a party, but the labels for individual slices of pizza <laughs> had failed to come on time, and they couldn't get the sticker labels on the tops of every piece of pizza. Yeah. And that speaks to, like, the heart of Becca's need to decoratively <laughs> label. But it was one of those kind of stressful dreams where the party that everyone's yeah. here and, and the yeah. labels haven't even but come you're doing yet. it all wrong and, and how I, will they know to eat this pizza I if have I to haven't label put a sticker every on it? slice it was a big triangular label that I was going to put on the very top of each pizza piece I got I made a really good I just really enjoyed that because I thought even in my biggest fit of satire I would not have thought of that Becca had to dream it she had to dream it herself Rachel wouldn't have made fun of me that bad if I if Rachel she if, if Rachel she had the talent to be a graphic designer then we would know how much I have an instinct for labels. But because I don't have that talent, 
I would, uh, there's nothing for it. Well, I, I labeled the things in my cupboard and I'm not course, sorry. I am need, not sorry. You don't sorry. need to be sorry. They're real good, Rach. And I have, oh, cause we talked about this on one of our deleted ones. I have a chocolate and vanilla cupboard in my little baking center. And Rachel made fun of me for that too, but it makes me I happy. Didn't make fun you of did. You never you scoffed. Never. You did. You make and fun of yourself. <laughs> just by being myself. Just by She's saying like, you have a chocolate and vanilla cupboard. Actually, I have no. I have no objections to that. My kitchen does not have as much cupboardry as it could accommodate. Well, my no, kitchen, it can't accommodate. My it, kitchen but. has no cupboardry at all until right now, where I have one cupboard you guys it's big it's a big time my, I, I'm basically a little too pompous now that I have one cupboard it doesn't have doors yet on but it's got shelves so I labeled the things and I did two big bottles of vanilla this is what we were talking about this is what tips? started it off uh-huh. is I made two big bottles of vanilla and put oh, really, really good labels on I do on have it. a tip okay. that I got out of my restaurant If cookbook. I stalled long enough, we knew it would come back to her. No, it's really weird. I haven't used it yet, but I ordered xanthan, xanthan gum. Yeah, xanthan I have gum. always seen that, but not used it. Yeah, but uh, I once I found out that it's just not generally used in home kitchens because such a small amount of it thickens something Mm. the comment was if you're ever making restaurant sized batches of sauces and things it is the best thickener because it thickens without changing so little of it thickens it that it does it without changing the flavor at all where if you have a big vat if you're making like soup that needs to be thickened in some way thicken soup with it yeah you could sauces and stuff weird because but the point here is that we live th- a life if you of ever try to if you ever try to make like a really large quantity, like sometimes if I this is a situational problem that maybe nobody else has other than me. <laughs> but if you're trying to make a like when I made a bunch of roasts in the big pot on the stovetop. So I'm actually right. making a pot roast and you take the meat out and right. you need to like thicken the sauce. Right. Well, it can be a real turkey to work with that volume of sauce when you're trying to. Because yep. what I typically do is actually make a roux in another pan and add some of it until it's really thick and then mix and that then into the big it. pan. Yep. But then you're trying to, you're like frantically stirring and allegedly, I haven't done it yet, but allegedly for such a time and such a place, restaurants use xanthan gum. gum. Okay. And I, well, uh, so I'm, I'm ready now. I'm okay. locked and loaded. <laughs> You're prepared have to, tell us how it to goes. have that ultimate moment where I'm like, I thought ahead on this and I ordered Xanthan gum. Well, I'm, I'm interested. Hear how that one yeah, goes down for you. I, I, if you come to my house sometime and you're like, what means this jello jiggler of a meat <laughs> sauce? <laughs> You will know that it did not work as well as we had hoped. <laughs> You'll be like, well, Rachel, great so tip. Great a, tip. A nice slice of gravy with your meat. Chickly <laughs> gravy. Yuck. But, yes, anyways, that is, that, and I think of okay. that kind of thing okay. was sort of prepared ahead. And, and I know that this is really, like, while we're on the subject of tips this is really obvious so everyone you're gonna feel like I know that already 
But for the few people out there that maybe haven't thought of it, you really should make your own vanilla extract because it's easy and it's very festive. And you just have to do it in advance because you can't use it right away. You have to, you have to pace yourself. But you get, I bought a bunch of beans a while ago from that beanilla. Is that what it's called? Yeah, probably. The online place. And you can get a huge parcel of vanilla beans, which is very handy to have around anyway. Because at least locally, I hate paying nine dollars ridiculous per, amounts per for a one tiny snippet. wee bean. But this time, it was a big bundle I really of it. wish I'd seen the vanilla crisis coming. I know. That was the one that where I was really like, why was I not reading the times? Better? I know. It's important to that time when not it get just, behind. That time when it just switched over from the Costco vanilla bean $9.99 to like $35. You were like, what? Bad. And the thing is, vodka is cheap. So you can get yourself a bottle of vodka and pop some vanilla beans At in there. At some point. I actually make a cute label. And I think at some point I was go. doing more extracts because you can also make like a orange extract, like any like lots of the mm-hmm. zest and stuff in a alcohol sitting for long enough will make yeah, it delicious. Which I like the I like I mean, the theory. Fun. I fail to yeah, follow through on execution. I do use so much vanilla that actually starting a couple of big bottles of it. Starting a vanilla farm seemed just like the best. seemed like a good idea. Plus, I had this bag of beans that I needed to do something with. So, I have two, like, I don't know. Each one is maybe four or five cups in each bottle. So, it's a nice sized amount yeah. of vanilla. And I'm my plan is to let it just steep in there for That's the a thing. while. I used to do that, but then I just... I didn't replace the vanilla bean. Well, tell me this. Everyone says when you have used a vanilla bean rather than just chucking it, you know, like if you've used it for extract yeah. or you've used you it the for seeds, a sauce or whatever, for the seeds, yeah. then just pop it into some sugar and leave it for a while and then you'll have vanilla sugar. And my question is though, what Why? do you do with that when you're done? I think that people, I don't, I've also always wondered that because I don't feel my life short without vanilla sugar. Yeah, like what but would you... you were but I would imagine that if the vanilla if you made the sugar vanilla sugar, then if you used your vanilla sugar in any recipe that called for vanilla, you would just have you would be extra vanilla. Yeah, but I flavor. I feel that like it seems like a lot of hoo-ha just to I agree. I've never I actually know. I've never actually I mean, maybe done on the that. like if you dusted it on the top of actually, something. I did do it one time and I ran into exactly that moment of but to but what why? end? To what yeah. end do I have this well, vessel one of person, vanilla? One person suggested that you blitz up the bean itself in the food processor with the sugar. And I feel like that's just weird because then you've got little bits of bean and that doesn't seem okay. Everybody else just said, no, just steep it in the sugar for a while and then take it out and huh. you'll have vanilla yeah, flavored sugar. But I, it just seems to me like maybe now you have a product that nobody needed, but... Maybe, maybe, maybe now you've done that weird thing. <laughs> Sometimes I do things like that, though. Not the vanilla. Sometimes it's it's like the 80-20 rule where sometimes you do something that just really knocks your socks off and you're so pleased with yourself and it's all brilliant. Yeah. And you just, it gives you great joy. But then even sometimes the same little kitchen technique a year later is not attractive to you. Yeah. Like, like, okay, I can remember things that appeal to me randomly, like someone who's like, oh, whenever I'm, it was like someone who always makes stock regularly. So they just keep a bag in the freezer of all the stuff 
when you're cutting vegetables and you have like the odds and ends of different things like they just throw it like okay. leftover well some part of that I don't know why appealed appeals to me okay. but only for one phase in my life then there's another time when I'm like blah I don't want a bag of odds no, and ends right. like you have to be in the mood to yeah. be feeling like this is an enjoyable or task. like saving all of your eggshells for the garden or all of your coffee <gasps> you gowns. finally said the thing that made me oh, remember nice. my tip perfect guys okay this is actually a total life changing game changer okay you might all already know this all right. but it just struck me the other day that what if there are people out here without this knowledge? Okay, I'm so ready I'm for just it. here what to tell it? you. So you're cracking eggs, and there's a little woodle of eggshell at the bottom of the egg. You know, you're, you crack it, yeah. you get some shell in there. Yeah. And you can't get it out. With I mean, a spoon, it's you incredibly chase it. evasive. You, ch- you chase it <laughs> you <forever>. get your. <laughs> Yeah. And you bury it in the other ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. You get your finger in there, you can't catch it. But what you can catch it with is an eggshell. That the egg shell itself, if you crack it and a little piece goes in there, just use the half of an egg shell and dip it in there and it like attracts it. It's in, it's incredible. It scoops right inside the egg shell. No problem. So Interesting. So do you not know this tip? Well, you say this and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know about that. But I've never, I've never consciously used that technique. Used that. But well, no, I, when you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. But I think I still would get a spoon out unless I was feeling particularly But the spoon lazy. is very hard to catch it with. It is. It is. Yeah. So you actually, I'm telling you that the eggshell functions like what like you would magnet. have thought that the spoon would work <clears> like, <throat> but the spoon will not work Rachel, like that. Rachel, now that you've brought us to this subject, I have a tip myself. Okay. But okay. this, this might. Everyone, I hope, yeah. I hope that you feel your Just, lives yeah. full of transforming. peace now that I finally got that news to you. <laughs> but I probably have spoken of this before because I was so smug about it, but no, I probably just told you on the phone, but. This is this is a real specific problem that I have <laughs> with soup night. Is there's at least one recipe of soup that involves cream cheese. <clears throat> oh yeah, so yeah. You have spoken. You put of this. the cream cheese in there. I feel like you have I done I this feel like on you have, the podcast. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I still feel good about it, so I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> and that is that like I I get peeved. I Whenever get... Becca's making soup with cream cheese at Hardee's, she <laughs> in a sailor dress. This is what happens: is that I get annoyed because you get you open the cream cheese, which let's be real, it's terrible packaging. I don't know who thought oh, up. As, you know what? Why? No. Why? No. Whoever thought up the way that you have to use cream cheese, what they did not take into consideration was that you would ever need to use more than one cream cheese. Right. Because by the time you've opened one, you have a little film of cream cheese on your hands which makes <laughs> which makes grabbing that little tin foil yeah, packet yeah. just murder. Like yeah. you're trying to I know, I hate eat. it. Oh, that's And the, the thing is is all right, so you so you open up your tin foil of doom and then you get a knife out and you scrape the cream cheese off of the foil, missing a bunch as you go because there's little blats of it all over the foil. And then you try and thwack it off into the into the pot of soup. And you try and do that without it causing a great splash. And I, when I am doing it for soup night, because I'm multiplying it by nine or whatever, I'm, I'm doing nine 
patties of cream cheese <laughs> into this. So I'm getting progressively more more, more annoyed as yeah. I go. <laughs> and you're missing a bunch of cream cheese. Well, okay, here's here's the answer, you guys. You open up the foil and then you just dip it in the top of the soup. Not <laughs> you don't want to get the outside of the foil in the soup because that feels very unhygienic. But just the inside of the foil and it swipes the whole thing clean and you pull it out <laughs> and you throw it in the garbage. I'll tell it you, takes no time. I'll tell you that no time. my technique with the cream cheese now that you think, now that we bring this up, yeah. is I do not use a knife with cream cheese ever. Do you use your fingers and pull off little globs? No! Some people do that. That's gross. I no. can't. No. I can't with that. Do you that. know what I do? What? Is, I, is that I <laughs> peel the envelope across the top the yeah. foil and then you squeeze it no okay you what are you... <laughs> why are you, you only grotesque... cutting the top you off have just grotesque <laughs> suggestions i don't put cream cheese in soup i don't have a soup that i put cream cheese okay. in so right. when i'm doing cream cheese it's because i am making that decadent pound cake that the, I don't know, or frosting or something. So most of okay. the time, I'm trying to get a thing of cream into cheese the into mixer. a bowl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not into a wet right. receptacle. Right. So well, it has to. Be I turn hot. it. It's the yeah, yeah. I know, but here's the hot thing: hot and wet. If you snap it open, if you peel it, you get it ready to go. You snap it and flip it. I fling cream cheese okay. from the okay. tin foil, right. and then I worry Which myself means... not with anything that's left on it. But it's only ever. A very small, and you couldn't have your mixer. You couldn't have the bowl in your mixer when you were doing that because you couldn't aim properly. No, but I do follow the general rules of move fast with the tin foil, and it won't stick to you. Yeah, well, move fast into the top of the soup, and yeah. you will. You will feel like you've never but gotten it, but as it, much just, cream that... cheese out as that. <laughs> but I do have. I I have an anti tip. Which is that after I've gotten the blobs of cream cheese into the soup, then I hate my life because I'm trying to incorporate that yeah. into the soup. Murder. It's Murder. terrible. And also cream cheese is, it actually, it melts quickly in one way, but, but when it's a clob in, another, in a thing, yeah. it doesn't go fast. Yeah. I think you should consider a different approach. But Well, I need to figure out that approach because the problem is... I is wonder like, if you could... If you could get it if you could but then you'd have to mess up something else i was gonna say if you put all the cream cheese in another thing and add the hot soup to it and mix it no because it's a... like six gallons of soup no no i'm not saying all of it i'm saying like you were tempering it sort of I, yeah i've wondered about that but then you have to use the mixer and the mixer's always already been used for you know what this butter. reminds me of this is really going taking us back to our earlier conversation but you know when you need to like temper the eggs for yeah. for something because yeah. you want them to function as a you want to make a custard. You don't want to make scrambled eggs suspended in a cream right. sauce. It is the worst. And But the thing is, is it's all the same ingredients put in in a different order. Yeah. What we were talking about earlier with the combination of theology and delight in the domestic is sort of one of those things. Because That's we're true. like, we're trying to say like, uh -huh. of course you should still have... Yeah. This and that and it but it's like the ingredients, of course you should have theology and of course you should have practical outworking, but the manner and method of getting those things yeah. together. And it's like if you put the butter in after the egg, you're just gonna have pellets of butter and that's it. You're never gonna be able to cream it into the sugar again. 
and you're right. It's oh like, yeah, it's like it's it's actually the problem is the order of hearing the word, delighting in the word, growing in the word, and also actively obeying the word. Those things going together in the in the order that they're meant to go in. Yep. This is why whichever direction you come, that's not the way it's supposed to be happening. If you came to be like, I'm going to be the best housewife in the world, but you actually don't know who God is or how this, or how his character is reflected in anything. Well, it's not going to, it's not going to be a beautiful thing that um, that happens. And if you're fabulously anti-feminist and you know all of the Pauline teaching, but you actually don't delight in your home, and it's also going to be a barrel of right, and fun. so and so the reality is that sometimes the fact that it has to be an individual person's walk with the Lord in obedience is why that's the only way that it is actually potent and effective. Right? right? Is that is that what we know about God? We believe we hear more about Him in His Word. We respond in obedience, and He continues to grow us and strengthen us and teach us and reveal things to us instead of like coming in hot with a, I'm just gonna adopt all of the external things. And then you realize you have none of the support for that. You're just putting scrambled eggs in the custard. You're just, (laughs) you're just gonna, you're just making yourself the world's nastiest ice cream ever. pilly ice cream. Yeah, with little blobs of eggy Yakadoo yeah. in there. <laughs> so, but that was a real random thing. Metaphor but, but for the you, end. But you get the idea, which yeah. is that it's not. It's nothing is wrong with any. You're not saying something's wrong with the ingredients to say that the right. end effect is not what it's meant right to be like. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there was a real well, wrap up. We did that. Yeah. Thanks for coming to our super long tips day. And I hope you all have a chance to fish an egg shell out of an egg in the near future. Maybe just go do one now just to see what happens. Yeah, Yeah, just to see what happens. All right. All right. Till next time. Bye.